Welcome to the Sunny 16 Presents Lighting Lounge, Take 2, Version 2, Volume 2, The Return of the Lighting Lounge. I don't know what we're going to call this, <laughs> but uh, my name is John Michael, and I'm here with Aid. Hello. Uh, How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Nice to see you again. Uh, as, we, as we announced just for us a few days ago... We are uh, doing the first episode of the mini-series about lighting, and we've uh, decided to steal the old title because there was nothing wrong with it, and uh, continue our discussion of lighting. And uh, so here we are. We'll see what happens. Yes, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, this is, uh, yes, the Lighting Lounge being the name of a, a podcast that sadly never was, uh, that, that we started out uh, a long while ago, John and I, uh, and never really got to making properly. So very pleased to be able to pick this one up with you. Uh, really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, I may not collect cameras as such, but I sure as hell collect lights. So, <laughs> you know, I am very much looking forward to indulging, because uh, for me, this will be really indulgent. <laughs> Hmm. Well, just to, just to get some technical stuff out of the way, uh, we, we are very ambitious. Uh, we are starting out with a video podcast. Um, so this is going to be appearing on the Sunny 16 YouTube channel. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> with a bit of luck, yeah. with a bit of luck <laughs> this will appear on the on the YouTube channel. Um, with with uh, slightly less luck, hopefully, it will also be going out on the Sunny Sixteen podcast feed. And that one I know how to do. That's good. Yeah, uh, we're going to be trying something. So, with, uh, hang on, Sunny Sixteen presents podcast feed. Yes, yes, yeah, the, the other one. The other one, no, which is which is great because again, that's a place where we can indulge. Like the the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel is exactly for that for for letting yeah, other people have a go. I would say so they don't have to hear my voice quite so often. But you've kindly invited me to join you on this one, so uh, yeah, surprise well, everybody. <laughs> well, I uh, as I mentioned on the other show, I I had the idea a while ago, and I thought, oh, it'd be fun to talk to somebody about lighting, and uh, I know Aid was interested, so I reached out, and it all just kind of fell into place, and here we are. Yeah, absolutely. Doing a video podcasting because as a wise man once said to me, uh, doing a podcast about lighting is like dancing about architecture. Just, just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, no. uh, so uh, how, we're also going to try and push the boundaries of the podcast channel. So hopefully those of you that are listening to this are going to benefit from the chapter mechanism in the podcast distribution uh, me- uh, networks. And we are going to to uh, change the podcast image that you'll see on your phone or wherever it is that you listen as we ch- as we talk about various different images and that way hopefully everybody will be able to see what we're talking about and will be able to much better understand the conversation because we really want this although we are doing video we really do want this to be uh, u- u- useful and informative and fun to listen to for our podcast listeners so if we can find a way to 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 cast the images uh, alongside the audio we are absolutely going to do that i have seen it done as we record this we've not tried it ourselves yet <laughs> so we'll see we'll see yeah and uh just uh, to keep things simple we're also going to be sharing the images that we talk about in the sunny 16 discord 
so everybody can uh, see them. If you're listening to this uh, around the time when it comes out, those things do tend to kind of disappear over time as the as the thread gets longer. Um, but that would be a place that you can get back to them. And uh, for those of you who are driving or running or whatever, uh, we're also going to describe the images we can as best we can, um, just so that it stays as an audio format first and foremost, but we're trying to add the element of video to it as a, as a bonus, not to make anyone feel left out who is not watching the video. Absolutely. Those, those people who are going to be watching the video are going to be looking at us quite a bit. So, yeah. That, that, that's just another bonus as far that's as another I can bonus. tell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we we uh, teased and we beat around the bush quite a bit the other day when we were chatting about what we're going to be chatting about. So um, today we kind of have the idea of of a kind of a philosophical discussion about what is lighting? What do we mean by lighting? And why would anybody want to do anything with lights in photography? Um it's, uh, I was thinking about it earlier today, and it was kind of this similar thing of, you know, when you say, what is lighting? Uh, there's that famous thing is like, I can't d- define it, but I know it when I see it. Um, <laughs> so why don't, we, why don't we go ahead and kind of uh, see if we can come up with a definition of what is lighting in photography? Ooh, okay. Um, well, I tend to lean on the word intentional quite mm-hmm. a lot uh for this so so yeah i mean by its very nature photography is the act of capturing light right so but but once you get past that there are you know there are all of the artistic techniques that we know and love and the technical crafty techniques so there is you know exposure and composition and and so on and so forth for me lighting is right up there as a creative choice and then once you've made the creative choice, sometimes in a split second, uh, you then have the the craft and the technical know-how to intentionally capture the image that you want to with light, in my case at least, sometimes light really as the primary thing I'm capturing even you know, beyond and ahead of the subject of, of the photograph. So I, I'm, I'm quite often the person who will see something and go, ah, ooh, and grab a camera. It could be, a, it could be any kind of camera and immediately underexpose it by three stops or overexpose it by two stops to, to get the effect that I'm looking for yeah, uh, from, from the light. Um, and, you know, that, that's, and that, that really is the thing that I'm photographed. So whilst I don't have a, a, a particular definition uh ready to hand definitely if if a photograph is is lit or if we're talking about lighting in photography it's very much for me intentional use of lighting in the image creation itself mm-hmm. so that'd be my starting point what do you reckon i guess my definition of of uh, lighting or a lit image has has an element of control in it as well um when you're when you're out and looking at light and seeing light um you can capture light in a very um, conscious way or look for certain light that you um, appeals to you or, yeah, fits what you're looking for. But I, I wouldn't necessarily consider that lighting in itself because it's, it's, um, it's capturing what's there and what is presented to you rather than manipulating that light in some way to fit the vision that you have in mind. 
Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I like. I I, I like that idea. I um. I, I think is it that. How, it, let, let's explore that just a little bit then, because because I can see that yeah, when, when you're in a studio situation and you you are building light up yeah and stuff like that, control is is an easy one. Is that is that something that applies when you're just out and about? Uh, what what does controlling the light mean to you when you are out and about? Well, that depends a lot on um, what you're photographing, where you are, what you've got with you. Um, maybe. Uh, you know, I think landscape photographers spend a lot of time waiting for the light to do what they they want it to do. <laughs> you a lot know, of YouTube videos like that certainly, <laughs> or or getting up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning to go out and uh, and take pictures because the light will be the way they want it at that time. Um, is that yep. control? That's kind of a gray area, I would say, but uh, that's certainly Certain, making yeah. efforts to to get the image you want to have. Um, you know, if you're, if you're photographing something a bit smaller, then you can start adding light or subtracting light. Um, you know, even if you're out and about, you can add some shade or you can reflect some light or add a strobe or flashlight or whatever it is. So, um, I think that's a very good point. That is a very good point indeed. So, yeah, cause I know a lot, uh, you know, a lot of, um, dedicated, landscape photographers will do a huge amount of research on the internet they'll look up and then they'll use those apps you can get that tell you when where the sun rises and what direction it shines in and stuff like that and sometimes they'll do scouting missions at the wrong time of year or the wrong time of day you know to understand you know what it would all look like and get their compositions ready so that when they get there on the critical day you know when when they wake up and there's a glorious sunrise underneath a deep purple thundercloud or whatever it is they're looking for that they they can uh they can go and do that um uh so yeah i i i i'll give you that one uh it, it's it's not exactly control over the elements but it's certainly as much control and pla- th- through planning as you can possibly get so i think i think that's um that fits to your definition quite well with the intentionality it is, does you yes. know uh so there's there's that element um as you say in a studio setting which um kind of my definition of a studio is just someplace where you've got total control of the light. Um, so that can be on a beach that can be, uh, in a classical studio that can be in a dark hole somewhere or wherever you want to be photographing. But, um, you know, in a studio situation, kind of your job is to add the light. And yes. uh, so that that's an easy, easy thing to say, okay, that is a lit image. And uh, that definitely yeah, requires I don't, lighting. I don't think I've ever shot in an actual photography studio before, but I have done. Um, I, I'm often the one in my extended family that ask, gets asked to do the official, in quotes, uh, official portraits of you know, grandchildren and, and this, that and the other. Uh, and so many of the time I've had a bunch of lighting kit in you know, my, my in-law's living room or something like that and, and been try, trying to uh, you know, wrangle young children to all look at the camera at the same time when they're sitting on their grandparents' laps, that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, definitely, um, 
uh, you know, control is it, it, control of my own emotions and stress levels is possibly right up there with control of the light <laughs> in those situations. But uh, yeah, what, one of the things that I, I love doing is building that, and, and I think it's um, one of the things. I don't know about you, but one of the things I also love doing, and I don't know whether it's just showing off or, or whether it's just a or just showmanship. But I love you know, being in a sort of you know, a daylight lit, ambient lit room and setting up the lights and people going, oh, well, don't you need to do this or the other? Or or even better, when you've got like a ceiling light on and, oh, you must turn that off. You must turn that off. Like, no, it's all right. I got it covered. It's fine. Because I know that, that that light source or whatever it is, is either adding to the image in a way that I've set up and controlled or that it's not going to impact uh on anything at all a bit yeah uh, and so that that's always a, a a joy of the craft for me but i suppose that is showing off really isn't it so i probably shouldn't enjoy that so much as i do well it's, it's definitely a great uh, a great way to get some credibility with your model uh if you've got somebody in front of your camera who's maybe not not very comfortable or is not quite sure about this person behind the camera and then you know you you set up the lights you take a picture and uh, the great thing is uh, you know you show them the picture and when they spin around to look behind them like it doesn't look <laughs> anything like what we're sitting in front of here uh, how did uh, you make the white wall wait, go black wait yeah. a minute yeah <laughs> that looks totally different how'd that happen and that's always a kind of a great way to get some credibility uh, if you if you've got the ability to show somebody you know that's, either on a digital camera or whatever that's really interesting because i'd not thought about that because I, I i've never had i've never done you know a a model shoot with mm. with a stranger um i've only ever taken portraits of people that i i know um um is that strictly true it's probably not strictly true but it's probably only once or twice and so i've always had you know some sort of relationship even if it's only a friend of a friend and we've just been out for a beer before we do it sort of thing um uh i've always had sort of a relationship i've never had to and i've also never had to try and do photography in the context of a professional relationship which of course you've done a lot um semi semi semi-professional well the models are professional so that's half of that's half of you done there isn't it yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry there's no pressure on me then (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah but yes it's all their fault if they get it wrong yeah Yeah. uh no sorry that's a bit unfair of me your your work is great uh i i love your work so the so it's an interesting point of um it, it, it must be an interesting dynamic uh when you're uh, I suppose I, try, I should try and drag, drag my, my point kicking and screaming back to the topic of lighting, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it must be an interesting angle on it, you know, having to build that relationship, having to set something up with a, a specific, you know, um, uh, you know, whilst also building a relationship with somebody you might have met just for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun and I, I'm... Um... I'm enjoying getting more and more into the kind of interpersonal part of taking the pictures. Um, that's that's maybe a topic for a whole nother podcast all by itself is you yeah, know, maybe. Yeah, portraits yeah. and relating to people in photography. But um, the, you know, the contacts could be the first, the first couple of times uh, one of my, my early models, we, we had a phone call before the shoot and we chatted for two hours, you know, the day before, and so then when we showed up the next day, we felt like we had really got to know each other quite a bit. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, that was lovely. But I had totally the opposite where I've had like 
five, you know, WhatsApp, Instagram messages back and forth. And, you know, I send a proposal to somebody and they'll say like, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Meet you there. Great. (laughs) On my way. See you soon. And that's the extent of the, you know, contact that we've had. Right. Okay. Before the photo shoot, then you get, you get there and it's like, okay, here we are. Hi. Yeah. Let's take some pictures. So, um, yeah, that kind of building the rapport with, with your, your subject is, um, it's fun and it's a whole, whole different, whole different thing. But, uh, yeah. It sounds like actually that, that would be, uh, that, yeah. Put, put some pressure on. So, so tell me when you, when you have uh, a model, yeah, shoot doing, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and clearly you'll, you'll plan ahead what shots you'd, you'd like. Um, but how, and, and presumably that includes some aspect of lighting, but of course, you know, no matter how much pre-visualization you do on lighting, it's always tricky. So what are some of the things that you, you find happen when you and the model do meet up and you have to get that lighting sorted? Is, is that uh, what, what are some of the, the things that you notice or that happen? Or what are the things that you look for to make sure are right and, and part of the vision and, and technically correct? That's a big question. Sorry. That's okay. It's probably that's five okay. questions. It's I'm probably afraid. five Sorry. questions, but that's yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> so I actually, I almost never set things up too much before the model shows up. Um, you know, I do things like put up the background or big annoying stuff to get, get ready, but Mm -hmm. I don't have, um, you know, you could, you could have a, you know, a double sit in and get everything perfectly set up so that, you know, the person just has to sit there and the lighting is exactly how you want it. Um, which is, which is probably a great idea if you're shooting a celebrity or something like that, who's only got 45 seconds to, you know, to get the picture you want. So I would definitely say that's a, that's a different kind of genre. But what I do is, um, you know, I work with mostly other, uh, you know, young people or models who are aspiring and, uh, mostly non-professional, um, uh, and mostly on a time for print basis. So nobody gets paid for anything. Right. Um, so we spend time and we, you know, experiment and we, we learn together and we work together to make these images. So part of my, um, chance to get to know that person is while I'm setting up the lights. So I'll, you know, Ah. I'll say, okay, well, you know, welcome, come in, you know, have a, have a glass of water or whatever. I'm just setting up these lights and I'll start doing stuff. And then I can talk to them while I'm putting up C stands or putting up my, you know, umbrellas or whatever it is. And then I'll say, okay, come stand here. And I'm going to start, you know, working on the lighting and I'm just going to take some test pictures and, you know, kind of, and so that, that's a really nice way to kind of gently, um, you know, get this person from being, you know, walking down the street to, you know, acclimatized to being in front of this camera and having these lights in their face. Mm. And, um, so, so that has, that has worked out well for me as kind of a, a process of, of, you know, bringing this other person into my lighting world and, um, working to get that set up. That's uh, that's nice because then you you're almost, you're as well as an icebreaker you're collaborating on getting it right then as well aren't you yeah yeah and then I look for things like um, often we'll we'll exchange some images back and forth you know we're looking to do something like a 
like a high key image. So you've got a lot of white in the image. It's, you know, very, a lot of light, mostly white and some details of, you know, darker shades. Um, so if I'm doing something like that, I'll be looking to see, okay, is my white, is my, is my background really going white or is it, uh, still underexposed or am I getting a silhouette or, you know, just kind of working on things to get, to get a bit closer to the vision that I have. And that vision changes quite quickly and quite often, you know, from what we've planned is this or that. And, uh, uh sometimes that just doesn't work. You know, I've, I've been uh, doing shoots where I have a very clear vision and I just couldn't make it work. So we did something else and that worked out great. And, uh, and I've had other shoots where it's like, okay, you know, I want to do this. And I try it a couple of times. It's like, well, that looks pretty good. Okay. Let's do <laughs> that. <done>. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's kind of, um, I don't know if, I don't know if that was all the questions you asked, but I think that was, I was kind a of in the range. Of it. it was a good chunk was of a, them. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No, it's, it's uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there with all of those no. complex questions. It's That's just, great. it's just something I'm interested in because it's, uh, and it's outside of my sphere of experience. So whilst I, I've played around with lights a lot and, and, and love, you know, love to, to make light and shape light and control light. Um, it is, uh, the, the whole, I would say formal necessarily, but the whole sort of structured proper studio shoot is something mm. that thus far has eluded me. Yeah. Um, I'm probably well, a bit scared, to be honest, but possibly a little bit. Am I scared of it? I don't because I mean, you, I do, and I, I don't know if you find this, but yeah, I, I do talk to people sometimes about lighting, and and you know, they're not they're not scared of it, but they sort of don't know really know how to get started and mm. and and things like that, and you know, oh, I'm not sure how I could do that, and, and um, my answer is is that you know, if I can do it, anybody can, um, and just start off thinking about the light itself, um, and and we can talk more about that over this mini series, of course, I'm sure we will, um, but yeah, you because know, definitely it would be great to. Uh, demystify lighting for anybody that is finding it tricky to get started and try try and ease that ease that path in um but i think i think i would probably be quite intimidated by having to make portraits of somebody that i didn't know in a formal studio situation i as you can tell from my podcasting style, probably I love making things up as I go along. Hmm. Um, I am very much less good at formal pre-planned stuff. So, so the idea of having, uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying I, do, I wouldn't like to do a shot list in preparation or something like that and have an idea of what, yeah, of what I'd like to achieve. But it's, I suspect it's one of those things that you just have to jump in with both feet and, and go and do it. And it probably wouldn't be half as bad as I imagine it would be. But uh, it, it is it is uh, possibly would be a, a, a psychological challenge for me to go and do something like that. Well, I think I think there's a couple of things that can definitely help with that kind of. Um... I don't know if it, anxiety or, or uh, caution, I don't know what's the best word for that, but um, it's, if you think about it, it is kind of a strange situation to, you know, invite somebody to come sit in front of your camera and for you to take pictures of them. Um, one of the good things is that there are a lot of people who really enjoy being in front of the camera. And when you get one of them to come and work with you, then they make it a lot easier because, um, 
I, for one, I don't have a problem having my picture taken. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of photographers do, which is why they're behind the camera. Um, and so, you know, if, if you think, oh, having my picture taken, that's a bad thing. Um, and you assume that the person in front of your camera is thinking that as well, then you're already setting yourself up for kind of a, a tough situation. But if you, if you go in thinking, Hey, this person really likes this, what they're doing, and they're looking forward to it, then it's much easier to make it a nice experience for them because they signed up for it. They're they're you know, either if you're paying them for the money or if, you know, you're just doing kind of a fun thing, then they're there because they want to. So that, that really helps get. Yeah. Good, good point. I hadn't thought know. of it like that, actually. Um, I, I, quite happy to have my photo taken as well mm. actually I'm, I'm never one of these people that runs away from the camera um so uh yeah i i i wonder now that if if that level of comfort w- would come across if i were to do that i suppose yeah well Is and it, then do you, uh, sorry, go ahead. just one more thing the other thing that really um because you were saying you like to be able to experiment and you know make things up as you go along mm. and that that's where the fun part, you know, that's where a lot of the best images happen and that's where the the magic happens. But it's like anything else. Um, the more you practice, the easier it is for you to be spontaneous and do something creative in the moment um, rather than being a slave to your plan and having to go through, you know, the, the setup that you prepared beforehand. That's a good point, actually. Um, many's the time I've done a podcast where about five minutes before we hit the record button, I've had no idea what the podcast was going to be about. So, yes, practice in my case, not, not makes perfect, but it certainly eases you into it um, and, and removes, removes that. Um, so it, what about other reasons then? Because, I mean, there are some, you know, there, there, there are um, many people who who uh, it's, it's almost a, a an urban myth i suppose of photography isn't it it's like oh i only shoot with available light mm. um which some people interpret in some cases as being you know uh, either i don't know how to do anything else or i'm afraid of trying something else or or something like that um uh, it's, as it's something that i've always been interested in right from you know, the very start of my my interest in photography it's not something i particularly understand is that was there a time when you were concerned about lighting or, or reluctant in any way um well i i have a bit of a, a what could i say I, I guess a leg up i actually i grew up in long beach in california which is about an hour from hollywood and my dad was a documentary filmmaker. So, and a wedding I can photographer. I how that would help. <laughs> a wedding photographer before I came around, he, he was a professional photographer and sold cameras. So when I was growing up and he would take my picture, it was like, you know, mom would say, okay, can you take it? Can you go take a picture of John Michael? I was like, okay. And he would go and he would get out all of his lights. Yeah. So for me. I know that feeling, definitely. For me, lighting and photography went went together kind of from the beginning. And um, I I never had an interest in photography as a kid, um, but it was just something I was surrounded with. And, you know, I I can remember, um, you know, occasionally we would do stuff in sound studios and you know, so go, go to Hollywood, rent a big studio and we would spend hours and hours, uh, you know, hanging these big hot lights from the ceiling. And I was always happy when I got to ride the scissor lift, you know, and go and, <laughs> and hang yeah, up yeah. these big lights. So that was, um, 
you know, I guess for me, my, my, when I thought about photography, it was like, well, you got to get the lighting right. And so ah, uh, that was, that was just kind of, uh, I guess ingrained into me from a, from a young age. Um, that's that's interesting yeah because that, that's i mean not quite a world away from my experience but certainly i i never had any professional photographers in the family my, my dad was always a keen photographer but it's very much only snapshots mm. rather yeah of what the family were doing so so i was always around photography um but but not in not anywhere near the the way that you explain there so i can understand how if that's the way you've grown up you know it's yeah, and you've seen how the big boys do it. <laughs> that could, yeah, that that probably is. Um, yeah, that that be that. I can imagine that'd be really exciting to do something like that. It was. It, it sounds uh, when I say it now, it sounds really exciting. And when I was a kid, I had fun, but I never, I never put the things together, or or you know, when I was a teenager or anything, I didn't have any interest in photography, and it came came around again later. Now, now my dad and I have fun conversations about it, and. Uh, it's, it's interesting but um <laughs> cool yeah so uh so let, let's just ask a question uh that i think is to, to bring us up right up to date with with not just the concepts but with the tooling as well i think just just to to get it out there because there's yeah we, we, we're going to talk a lot about lights uh like real world lights things that you can buy things that stand on stands or hang from ceilings or, or whatever it is in this and i'm going to thoroughly enjoy that and then there is also you know the the tools that we use in our post-production processes mm. i mean you know right now as we record this i've been a little bit lazy in my camera setup this evening so i'm i'm just using my phone camera to record this podcast and yet um, which at the moment uh, now works seamlessly with my laptop and i have just a little laptop uh, a little option on my laptop called studio lighting <laughs> <laughs> so for for those listeners out there that have uh, an iphone um, and have had for some years available now uh, the portrait photography settings. You can relight your photographs, um, and you can actually, and when you're shooting them on the phone, you can it, it previews them that, that way as well. But you can relight them in post production as well. And now you can even do that uh, in the video capture that I'm using for this very podcast. So I have switched on the setting called studio lighting. Oh, look, and, and, and John Michaels made me full frame. Excellent. Yeah. I'm going to, shall, shall I demo it then? Shall I demo yeah, the difference? Go for it. I'm not sure if this will come through and certainly won't come through to listeners. So sorry, listeners, I, I, I won't do this for very long. But this is what, yeah, this is what I look like now. And then <laughs> if I find the right thing and switch off the studio light. Hmm. That is the difference. So what I described. So the studio light impact takes the 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 face. Um, I, I don't know whether it, it will move, follow moving me around, or whether it's just sort of a central vignette type thing. But it actually uh, creates a an artificial lighting effect uh, on a picture or or a video in this case, um, and. That then um, it serves to make the the subject, where the subject is a person, pop out yeah, mm -hmm. a little bit in the it's, composition. It's uh, um, darkens down the background by probably a, a stop or half a stop, I would say, and it seems to be uh, doing kind of a a very good job of selecting you and your shoulders and everything and brightening yeah, yeah. that up. 
it's and, quite uh, amazing technology um I, i'm sure it wouldn't pass muster if we were doing this in 4k and putting it out on an imax theater or something like that but um it's it is for for day-to-day purposes actually really quite clever and i'm not too proud to say that i won't use all the tools <laughs> i can get my hands on and i will take all the help i can get right oh, yeah. so uh you know uh, the the that's the extent of my lighting for this show um at this uh i i didn't have time to set up any lights i am actually being lit in my room here by just the ceiling light mm. and the technology that is in my phone that is what is creating the lighting effect here this evening um, I will, I suspect, have a bit of a play over the course of this podcast with lighting setups. Maybe I'll try and do several lighting setups over the course of, of the course of the pod, podcast uh, and see what people think of those because that could be fun. I've just that had that idea. Fun, yeah. Quick, somebody yeah, write it idea. down. <laughs> <laughs> if only Graham was here to write stuff down. Not that yet. No, that's not right. That never happens. Um, but the uh, yeah, um, the technology question question for you how to what if if any role does the 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 post-production technology play in your lighting techniques hmm that's a good question so i um i definitely will brighten things up darken things down and i i do fairly extensive post-production on a lot of my images and i also do quite a bit of um post-production on my film images um, my, my kind of philosophy as we're, we're having a philosophical discussion today. So that fits well, mm-hmm. um, is that, um, uh, you know, I want to make the image that looks good to me and whether that's in, in camera or in post-production or a mix, um, that's, that's how I want to make it. And so I, I really enjoy using film cameras, so I always take one or two along when I'm doing a photo shoot, and sometimes I I prefer the images that come out of them, and sometimes I prefer the digital images, and sometimes it's a bit of a mix. Um, <laughs> sometimes I will try and make my digital images look like the film ones, and sometimes I try and make my film ones look like the digital <laughs> ones. You know, like I'll, I'll have a digital one, and the colors look really beautiful. And it's like, oh, let me just see if I can tweak this this color film image to you know kind of fit that. And um, so I'm I'm definitely a, a hybrid shooter. I use both and uh, enjoy that. As to lighting, um, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't say that I go to the extent that I would simulate a light that wasn't there or, or remove a light that is there. Um, I think it's more of a, more of an enhancing, enhancing the light that, that was in the shot to, um, you know, make it, make it the, the closest to what I think looks good as possible. Um, you're not going to put like fake anamorphic flares on your images then or anything like that. Lens flares mean? No, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I haven't uh, till, up till now I haven't, but maybe I should, maybe that would be the missing thing. I, I well, <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, uh, I guess it depends on the type of shot and the type of image you're trying to create, doesn't it? So, I mean, I, I have done that in the past. You've got, you know, on a phone app and, and done some interesting things with the lighting and put in, post-production uh i remember a couple of years ago i, I captured 
a couple of headshots essentially of my kids and went to town on them uh mm. to and uh tried to certainly there, there was one of my daughter i tried to make this sort of apocalyptic desolated wasteland kind of sci-fi image uh with lots of color adjustments and and uh, uh there must have been at least one lighting flare in there or something like that and really playing with it um i mean, it didn't exactly come out like you'd find it in blade runner 2049 or something like that but it, it um it, it certainly was fun it certainly created a look uh but it's probably not something i do particularly seriously and and not every day either <laughs> Well, um, this kind of leads us along nicely into some of the images that we've picked tonight, and because yeah. uh, we we brought some images along to talk about, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears real quick here because what we were just talking about this kind of um, using apps to create a different image. Um, when I was looking for an image to bring, because we wanted to bring images from ourselves, but also from people that we admire, mm-hmm. and so I I looked up an image. Um, I had it in the back of my head, and I don't have it available, so you guys are just going to have to look it up. It's from uh, Fan Ho, and if you Google Fan Ho, it's probably going to be one of the first images that pops up. It's uh, I think it's called Into the Shadows or something like that, and it's a, a vertical image of a, a woman standing kind of in a column of light, and there's a diagonal shadow uh, moving from her feet up towards the right that makes these kind of big bright triangles um, i can picture the very image it's a it's a splendid it's a brilliant image i love that one it's a brilliant image and i wanted to select that one for tonight's conversation because that lighting makes such a you know dramatic impact you know that shadow is so perfect um, I was about to download it and share it with everybody, and then I stumbled across an article where it said um, that actually that shadow was burned in in the dark room. No, <laughs> um, no, I never yeah, knew that. Yeah, me neither. So, um, anyways, that's just uh, gonna. And I don't, I don't know when that. I guess that was the fifties or the sixties when he shot that. I'm not sure actually what what genre that was, but it was certainly a film image. That was then manipulated with film editing techniques to make something different than what we're seeing. So that all all fixed in post then all fixed in post. Yeah. And, and it was his cousin or something standing there. So it was a, you know, it was not a street portrait that happened spontaneously. It was, it was a planned image and he even, you know, he plans to add the shadow in post and created this iconic image that, probably most most listeners will will have in mind already uh, even without knowing it i am so. both intrigued and horribly disappointed at the same time <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happened to me too and i um that just that just kind of justifies my attitude of you know everybody in photography has been doing whatever it possible to make the image they want to make since uh, photography became a thing and painters were doing it way before that they would just make up whatever they wanted to have in the image or not so um yeah so i don't feel bad about wow. manipulating my images too much uh, okay well as you say we wanted to bring some images uh we both yeah. brought uh, an image that uh inspired us yeah. and uh, an image of our own uh and here's the first one so yeah. so this, this is, is an image oh go ahead 
Oh no, I was going to say just just to introduce the concept of it. This is this is an image that has intrigued me ever since I first set eyes on it some number of years ago. Um, I wouldn't like to say how many. Um, I, I, and I could talk about this all day. Describe it for us then. So I'm going to try and explain what I'm seeing in the image here. Um, who was who was the photographer? Uh, the photographer is Tim Walker. Tim Walker. And uh, so we see a gentleman in a bowler hat and he's got a pipe in his hand. He's wearing a nice pinstripe suit with a bow tie, um, big white cuff, uh, you know, protruding from one of the arms. And he's got a pipe in his hand and uh, he's got some sort of, maybe it's like the tamper for the pipe is kind of protruding. It looks like a wind up toy almost. Um, so that's, that's like a, like a spider and he's looking right into the camera. Um, but for me, there's a couple of things in this image that, that make it special. And one of the main elements is that there's, there's smoke or steam and it's not coming from the pipe as you would expect. It's kind of, it's coming from in a vertical line from probably his, you know, his belly all the way up to in front of his face and then over the hat. And so this, this steam just seems to be kind of coming from under the table, I guess. Yeah, almost and like he's going to spontaneously combust. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just uh, smoking. And, um, and to, to emphasize that the, the table in front of him is a very pure white. And then there's, um, up in the up in the top right and left corners of the image, it's it's a darker shade of gray, kind of a medium gray, and there's almost a, a triangular halo uh, around him, kind of brightening him up a bit, and uh, a strong a strong light coming from the right side, you know, illuminating his face, and the other half of his face is in shadow, but still still pretty bright. So it's a uh, uh, yeah no it's that's inter- yes so uh wow that's a ve- that's very descriptive so thank <laughs> you for that so um and actually it's really insightful listening to you describe the image because it it's drawn my attention to some things that possibly i i, I naturally gloss over in it because it's it's an image that I, i've seen many many times um the the image itself is one of a set um this this image is of michael palin one of um, the Monty Python team. And there are uh, shots of all the, I think all the remaining at the time, uh, Pythons. Um, so there's, a, I think there's about five of them. Um, and uh, they're all similar um, uh, and have a similar sense of humour uh, with them. Because for me, there's, there's a lot of humour in this photograph. Um, but I, I, I pulled it out of my back of my brain list of photos that inspire me um for for a lighting conversation um because it's many of the things that my personal lighting style is not <laughs> it is subtle it mm-hmm. is new it is nuanced 
Um, as you said, yeah, the, the fall off of the light across the subject's face is, is very gentle indeed. It's it's not a two stop or a three stop. Yeah, it's not a Rembrandt. It's, you could imagine if it was slightly darker, it might be a Rembrandt, although it'd be difficult to achieve with the rim of a bowler hat, I would imagine. Um, so it's but nonetheless, the, the I think it is it's superbly lit um, and. Uh, it, it just blows me away the the lighting in this as as well as the um, it, it was interesting that you mentioned that the the background is is a darker grey at the top. I've always considered that that is all white, but it's the light fall off because of the way the light is shaped. So that was really interesting to hear you describe it that way uh, because it's it's not an idea that had ever occurred to me that it might be a grey background. I've always just considered it was a, a white backdrop with a with a, a light fall off. So, thank you. You've you've mm. you've, uh, <laughs> you've broadened my appreciation of this photo, or broadened my interpretation of this photo. Well, and and, one of the things that always also strikes me is it is it is almost monochrome. Mm. It it is a colour photograph, but because of the way it is composed, it is almost monochrome. Uh, there's just a little bit of colour in, in his skin, um, but not very much. And then there's like a red thing in the in the in his hat band which yeah a dark red something or other um uh, which uh draws draws just a little bit of attention but not in a distracting way for me so so i i would you know if if i were to be uh, a studio photographer i would love to be able to produce work with this much personality <laughs> this much sophistication in the technique and the craft that's gone into it um i am sure i would struggle to get anywhere near it to be honest um this for me is a is a very refined piece of work um but that's my inspirational piece for today mm. well, it's interesting uh, talking about the background if we just want to look at that for a minute because um either one of us could be could be right it could be a gray background that has been lit on the bottom to go to white, or it could be a white background that's, you know, uh, not getting lit enough to make it turn, turn gray. It could uh, be so either of those things. It could yeah. be either of those things. Um, you know, um, the, it's like if, an optical illusion where you see, is it two people's faces or a vase? You know, it's, it's one of those kind of things. You know? Yeah. Um, the, the, if you wanted to look at this image and try and kind of analyze the light and, and if you were to try and recreate this image or something like it, um, which is, which is a fun activity, which we'll speak more about in the future. Um, you can start looking at things like where are the lights and where are the shadows? Um, one of the things that is interesting in this picture is that the hand holding the pipe, um, the shadow is a bit different than on his face. So you've got light coming from the right-hand side of the image, you know, looking at it, our right. And that's lighting his face. And if that was the only light in there, then the back of his hand would be as dark as the left side of his face. So there must be something there that's, you know, lighting up that, you know, the hand holding the pipe to, to bring that back up a bit. And, um, you know, I, I have no it's clue. A, it's a good point. It's, it is a good point. Yes. Well, made. I'm, I'm not sure, uh, how that was done, but there are different ways you, one could do that. Um, the, 
the kind of the simplest thing to do with something like this would be to have a big softish light source on the right and then a, a nice white wall or something yeah, on the yeah. left to kind of, you know, bounce a portion of that light back in and fill in that side. Um, but, but as you say, it's, it's masterfully done because it is very subtle and, uh, a very gentle lighting and, yes. uh, and it fits very well with his expression too, because it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, a pensive or I don't know what you would call that expression, but he's, he's looking at you almost like unsure what's about to happen. Maybe he is about to explode. <laughs> he's on fire. He is on fire. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know. So anyways. Of of the series, this is about the most subtle of the photos in the series of, of five. Um so so the the others uh, and and I suspect that's why it appeals to me at least at one level that's why it is the most appealing to me of the set. Um so it goes downhill from here? Uh no, not downhill, <laughs> just just personal preference. Well, I mean uh, downhill for the subject. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, if you're right, if you're just about to catch fire, yes, probably. Yes. <laughs> okay. Should we move on? I think yeah. Next one. Yeah. Let's one let's there. move on. If we don't want to be here all night. All right. So this is a picture that I I found, and uh, this is from Peter Lindbergh. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find out much more about it or a better resolution image, but I think it's enough to um, describe, and I'll I'll let Aid describe it. Give it a go. Uh, okay, so this is uh, quite a low contrast black and white image, um, uh, but with some pops uh, of light in it. Uh, there is a, a wall in the background, and there is, there is a, a model, a female model, and she has uh, she's facing the wall. Her body is facing the wall, and the and the light is um, it is on her back, which shows uh, very uh, in a in a I don't know whether to call it delicate, but it, but in a very uh, almost abstract way, the 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 curves of her of her back and and the bones in her back and 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 sound very um, uh, aesthetically pleasing when I talk about it like that, does it? But it shows the shape of her back and the curves of her back. Her face is turned towards us, though her, her cheek is almost resting against the wall, and her face is turned towards us, uh, and her face is what's lit, and it's lit by. Uh, a very particularly shaped light because you can see the shape of the light on the wall um, it, it seems to be almost like a, a roman arch window um, you know with a sort of rounded arch at the top and but mostly a rectangular shape um, and it lights her face and then it puts a silhouette of her face in profile on the wall uh, in the shape of the light um, the the light focuses very much on on her 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 cheek and and the one side of her nose uh, and up over her right eye. Uh, you can just about see some detail of her left eye, um, which is actually out of the light, but uh, it's just about visible. So that's um, you know uh, that that's quite quite challenging to do in a natural exposure. But yeah, it's, it's very cleverly done, or it's slightly and subtly tweaked uh, in post production. Um, she has swept back, sort of gelled back, wet look hair, um, and uh, the expression on her face, I couldn't tell you, really. Um, I've never been particularly clever at the yeah, at interpreting the expressions on the faces of fashion models. I think there's a certain set of expressions that are supposed to be like the set. I don't know if you, you find this when you're working with models, John Michael, but... 
this is this is one of the set and i can mm. tell you which one it, it um <laughs> it might be a blue th- blue steel it might be blue steel <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i uh, the how, how do i feel when looking at this photo i mean it, it is a beautifully constructed beautifully lit photo um the the way it's composed the, the girl uh, is in no it's in no way a nude photograph but uh, her back is uncovered um and and i think that gives it a sense of vulnerability for me um so uh it's um yeah and i think the lighting contributes to that perhaps because of the way it's uh, the way it plays over her, her back but also because her her face is highlighted just in that one small spot of light and that makes me feel that I don't know. Is that a window? Is she in a place where she's she can't get out of, and and that's just the the, the only light is through a tiny window or a, or a hole in the door or something like that. So there's definitely a sense of vulnerability for me that comes from this. It, uh, and then lastly, and possibly less helpfully, it also reminds me of a 1990s Calvin Klein advert. It's that kind of genre, <laughs> um, which is not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> Well, I think I think when you think of uh, of the '90s Calvin Klein ads, those were predominantly shot by Peter Lindbergh. So that might be why oh, there's. I think <laughs> I so. Yeah. So that that might be why it's uh, uh, ringing that particular bell. Good guess then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I. So so tell me, what do you see in this photo? Yeah, why do you, well, do you bring this photo? The thing that the thing that uh, I thought was interesting when I was looking at different. I looked at a lot of portraits and I thought, okay, um, you know, there's lots of beautifully lit portraits that are inspiring, but what is a portrait that really um, is defined by the light? Um, you know, you can you can have a nice umbrella shot and have a nice soft image and it looks great, but um, but this one stuck out to me because I thought, okay, if you did the same image and you just put a nice soft light in front of her and took that picture, um, it would be a completely different image. It would, uh, it would show a very different mood. Um, it might be, if, if everything else was the same, um, it would probably portray a different emotion. Maybe that vulnerability would be different. Maybe it would be, um, you know, something else. And I really liked how the, the shadow, um, you know, the silhouette of the shadow on the wall added almost a second subject to the image. Um, yeah, it does. Actually, you that's know, a good, good point. Yeah. And you've got, you've got kind of a, a three quarters view of her face, but you've also got this lovely profile image, uh, as a bonus. So you're getting kind of two, two subjects for the price of one. Um, which I, I thought was, was interesting so mm, yeah, yeah. Um, and and otherwise it's a fashion image and uh and nicely done so <laughs> um is it is it inspiring to you is it something that you know what uh, uh what 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 is this is there stuff in there that you'd like to be able to achieve yourself um playing with the shadow uh, is something that i haven't done a lot with um i've played with shadows in in the picture of or on the person the shadow but uh projecting the shadow onto the wall or onto the background is something that i have not done very much of and uh 
I would like to. So that was um, something. And it's hard light, which I like. Um, so just those kind of things uh, were appealing to me. And um, mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I will. Uh, I like I'll, it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. Um, so let's see the next picture. So this is another, this is by uh, some fellow named Adrian from England somewhere. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I'll okay. go ahead and describe so this it. Is a, and, this is a fun one. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, this is a fun one. So I've cheated. I've broken, in the first show in the series, I've broken the rules and I brought two images. So <laughs> make of that what you will. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, this one is, uh, th this one is literally a snapshot in the moment um, with my phone, uh, which as I'm sure you can tell, it had to be, yeah, this This is a, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, uh, the, the, the Cartier-Bresson thing. Right, the decisive this is, uh, moment. This is a decisive. Why? Thank you. My vocabulary is just just letting me down today. It's a decisive moment. So anyway, you go ahead and describe it. Yeah. All right. So we see a uh, a young a young boy, or a, a, yeah, I would say a young boy, uh, standing with his arms crossed, and he's uh, standing side on to us, and so kind of the shoulder facing us looking directly into the camera and you've got um, a bit of a bit of a short light you uh, not a short light but you've got a, a broad light you know his whole face is kind of lit and then you can see in the background you can see that it's uh, seems to be a kitchen it looks like there's a refrigerator off to the side and in the background there's a sink and that sort of thing but the main the main element in this image is uh, to the left of the subject and it is um it looks like there's a firework exploding out of a cake uh which is providing the light for this this image or it appears to be the sole source of light in the image um kind of sparks flying and there's there's some sort of a uh, looks like a rocket in embedded in the cake shooting up into the into the sky and um the the symmetry is quite nice because actually the 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 young man and the the flames from the cake are about the same height and the same size so you've got kind of almost like a number 11 going on with the two of them um you know in parallel and then there's actually um if you're looking at the composition there's a nice leading line from the table which runs up right towards the the waist of the subject so there's kind of a line coming from the the bottom rule of thirds and sweeping up towards the subject um so it, it definitely is clear that uh, he's the focus of the image and there's this this cake which also tells a nice story so you know one would assume that it's a birthday party and um, and that there's a cake happening and I, I don't know the expression on his face. Maybe it's not his cake, you know, and he's not really happy about that. Or, uh, no, maybe it is, maybe it is his cake and he's not going to share it or I don't know, but, uh, you can probably tell us more about that. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for the description. I hadn't thought about the leading lines in it. So to that, that's, uh, it is, it's really quite interesting, um, hearing you describe this stuff. Um, so this is this is my son on his most recent birthday, and it is his birthday cake. Um, just you know, uh, 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 
pro tip or amateur tip um, but from somebody who's been playing with light for a long time if you if and when you are asked to take birthday cake photos make sure the cake is between you and the subject because then any light that comes from the cake is actually can be incorporated into the lighting construction of your shot um, and especially uh, if it you know, works, especially well if the lights are turned down in the room um, and therefore becomes sort of the main source of light for the room. This one worked really easily because there's a sort of indoor Roman candle kind of firework as, as you know, in the cake. So it was giving off a lot of light. But because it was the only light and it, because he was very close to it, I was able to just in the nick of time expose for that, which means the fall off is what uh, of the light is what darkens the whole of the rest of the shot and 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 makes him very clearly the subject without it being what otherwise we're knowing our house would probably be a very messy kitchen um <laughs> yeah uh in the background so uh yeah this is and i i chose this one um because because i can talk about it being a moment where you can you can use light um but you can use light to your advantage in on the spur of the moment uh, uh if if you just have a couple of hints and tips and tricks up your sleeve so uh yeah as i say uh, anybody being asked to take photos of a birthday um even if it's just like one single candle um you can do them proud as, as long as you make sure that that light is between you and the subject and you can include the light in the foreground and the subject's face lit up by it and almost everything else drops away mm. um so there you go there's a, there's my uh, top tip for the day <laughs> and you said something very interesting just there which which brings us back to our, our conversation earlier of um the more you practice and the more you experiment the easier it becomes to capture that that right moment or do the right thing at the right time. And, um, you know, you knew that this, this candle, this Roman candle is going to put off a lot of light. And that if you, you know, turn down the other lights, you're going to be able to kind of get that, that look and might not have been exactly as you had pre-visualized, but you, you took the, the steps necessary to make this image possible. So mm -hmm. it's a really good point, actually. So uh, I, I guess I did. I mean, uh, I I didn't. It didn't happen that way in my brain in the moment uh, because it was more. I guess because of practice, it was possibly just a little bit more intuitive and grain in grain. But I know for it, uh, you know, I guess trying to think that through, what might have I have done almost unconsciously in the moment? Certainly, I would have. Uh, it, this has got to be two stops underexposed at least mm. um and i uh, yeah i've already talked about the the compositional trick of of positioning the light versus the subject versus the camera um i i know that it's if i am properly underexposing i know that the light in the background will fall away and it will make for a much cleaner composition and so at least all of those three things would have been going on in my head without me being particularly aware of them um so so yeah yeah uh, i switch you right yeah practice practice makes perfect um and or at least you know practice takes away the stress of having to think it through in the moment um and uh it just yeah this just flowed this was a photo that just flowed for me in the sense of how i made it what what kind of direction did you give or or if any 
Did you say stand there? Did you say look this way or anything like that? Or was it just, um, was he doing that while the candle was going? I, I probably said, let me get a photo. So okay. it, yeah, that is one of his standard photo poses at okay. the moment. So, um, so that would be, yeah, that would have been his choice rather than my choice, but okay. I would have said, quick, let me get a photo. Okay. And it's not like he's going to blow out a firework, right? He couldn't yeah, get much true. closer than that. He'd burn his nose. <laughs> That's true. But it's, it's, it's clearly, um, it's not a candid picture. You know, he clearly is looking and knows that this is a photo yeah, opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, maybe a younger kid or, or if you, you know, if he was just enthusiastically watching the firework go off, it would be a different thing than this kind of, um, I, I, I guess, posed, yeah. post yeah, he's portrait. 13, so. so he's fairly self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move along to, I think it's your second one, if I remember correctly. Ah, my process breaking photo. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. So here is an example of being very intentional with natural light. Mm -hmm. So All right. go for so it. You, Describe uh, what you see. Oh, boy. So you see um, lots of lots of shapes in this one. Um, if you if you squint down just a little bit, it's almost completely abstract. Um Anybody who's ridden a skateboard or has watched people do that will recognize that this is some sort of skater park. Um, there are kind of bushy round trees in the background um, that that break up the skyline and give it a, give it a bit of interest. Um, the The sky seems to be, at least in this image, you can't really tell, but it looks pretty washed out. So the the top stripe, I would guess like the top quarter of the image is, is this white and then very dark contrast with the trees. Um, and then from about the middle of the image to the bottom um, are these really cool shapes created by the different uh, skateboard ramps and jumps and pipes and whatever they're called. Um, and they are in very high contrast um, with, with the background and the foreground light. So you've got these very hard shadows facing you and then the the ramps themselves are very bright um and there's there's it seems like three or four kind of stacked so you know you're looking back into the background um across these different lines and different shapes um and there there might be a couple of people in the middle on the left but it's it's kind of an empty skate park it's um you don't really see people in it so it's it's all about the the high contrast and the shapes, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that nailed it. Thank you. Um. So yeah. So the the intent here is to use both the colours, black and white, right? And and very little in between. So um. Yeah. There is. I mean, you can tell that the trees are trees. There's sufficient detail that you can tell that. But this was a very very bright day. It's actually quite early in the morning, which is why it was practically empty. Um. And yeah, you've got the the quite clean, almost white of the con of the concrete uh, that the ramps are made of. So uh, I, I, the, my idea here was to was to do exactly as as you said, to create something very contrast where all all the all the shadows are essentially black, um, and all the the ramps are uh, essentially white. Although of course, because they curve, there are just little bits of grey that help to define you know the way that the the ramps curve. Uh, it's really the only definition 
um, apart from the one right in the very front where it's actually you're seeing the outside shape of it as well so you can see that the, the structure is has a shape rather than just the curve of the concrete itself um, and I was really pleased with this one because it came out pretty much how I wanted it to um, you know it, I saw it and I thought that and bearing in mind this was a bright sunny day um, so you know the trees were green the, the grass was well, summertime so the grass wasn't probably fully green um, but yeah the, the the shadows that are black on the side of those those ramps were green grass mm. and I thought no don't want any of that this needs to be black and white and it needs to be proper contrasty and that's the way I'm going with this one um, I did happen to be going through a phase of that I think when this was uh, uh, was taken uh, at the moment, I'm sort of coming out of still doing quite a lot of contrasty work, but now now playing a lot more around with much lower contrast, black and white, quite high key imagery at the moment. Mm. Uh, but that's only the last few weeks. I've been like, oh, the sun's come out. Yeah, it's the time of year. It's like, oh, the sun's <laughs> come out. And yeah, let's let's not be quite so doom and gloom and, and what have you. And let's do something that's a little bit more light and, and airy. Um, but this has been my style for a while um up up until very recently so i was pretty confident i could get what i needed i knew uh, i think i know what camera i took it with um but but at this point although uh, a lot of that style was inspired by one particular camera and one particular setting in the camera i now have a bunch of presets you know for, for use in you know post-production that can approximate it and get me to somewhere where i want it to be so so uh, whilst i think i know what camera it was I might be incorrect, <laughs> but I but don't it was really it was a digital camera. It will have been yes. Yeah. It will it, uh, most likely my little uh, Olympus Tough mm. camera, which has an amazing black and white grainy black and white art filter, which which has this kind of look to it, and it's inspired um, quite a lot of my work for the last eighteen months. It it looks like a an image. If it was a film image, it was pro it would probably would have been highly pushed. You know, like. Two yeah, stops, HP5 two stops, stops or something, or something. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and developed in Rodinol or something like that. And then um, there's another film that does a really beautiful job of that super high contrast, and it's um, Washi S film, uh, which is a that. fifty um, fifty ISO. I think it's a sound recording film. Um, and so it's, it's meant to record sound wave forms mm -hmm. on film edges or something like that. And so it, it, its whole job is to not be gray. It, it will be if you really force it to, but, um, uh, I've shot, I've shot a few rolls of that where you want super high contrast. And, uh, that reminds me of, reminds me of this image. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Although, although the, the washi film is, um, extremely fine grain so you wouldn't get that kind of chunkiness that you get on this one hmm. yeah interesting well i do i do love that i mean and that's that for me is yeah this this photo was all about pre-visualizing the light mm. um uh, I, I suppose you could say it was a bit also about the shapes but really it was about the way that the light or the shadow or the, either the lack of light defines the shape rather than the shapes themselves hmm. did you um did you see the image before you put the camera up to your face? Um, like in your mind's eye, could you, could you imagine like, this is the kind of image that I want to make just by looking at the scene? Yes. I say, say, say that slightly with a question mark after it. 
Um, so I think it's probably uh, the way I would describe it is that I had been working with this kind of look for a few months at this mm. point. Um, pop, pop, yeah, so, so let's say nine months um, at, at this point. Uh, and so I was pretty confident with the camera I was using and the output I would get from it. So when I when I saw the opportunity to take this photo that was going to be about that, I was yeah it was pretty e easy to get. So yes, I think I would say I was pretty confident. But um, it, rather than have a pr in my mind. It was more a confidence that I could capture something that would be w w w that I would like. Does that make sense? It's not so much. A, it's it's more recognizing the potential in the scene rather than having a mental image of what the output will look like. It's like, oh yeah, that will work good at this setting. Bang. That will rather, that will fit with the style that you've been working in, or yeah, it would it would rather yeah, it was that rather than oh, I can see it before I take the photo. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if that comes across in the way I'm doing. I may not be describing it very well, but it. it I think it I, was, I think I get what you mean, especially it, as you it, say. It was a gut feel for the output rather than a pre-visualization. Mm. Especially if you've been working with that kind of style for a while, I can certainly imagine. Um, it's almost like collecting. You know, it's like you're collecting images of you know this style, and you're like, oh, that'll fit with that'll fit well with the collection or that series. You know, so you can. It, 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 that's a really nice way of putting it because ever since I did the the smithereen scene, which mm. I did last year, which was in this kind of visual style, and um, you know, I have been much more intentional with capturing things that are supporting images not just the hero images mm. um so you know i will take photos of textures because they might make a good background for a printed spread yeah right yeah um yeah and and they're not really photos at all in that sense they they're more very much they're, they're more i'm just capturing a texture with some light mm. on it um and i can say yeah i can look at something and say oh, okay there's a nice play of light there over on that rug um, if I was to shoot it at such and such an angle, then on a double spread A5 zine, I would get a diagonal across the centre, which gives me some negative space on one side uh, and uh, some positive space on the other side. Uh, so I could play with one of those being text and one of those being background for an image, for mm. example. Yeah, it's those kinds of things that go through my head sometimes now, having gone through that process. Um, which is really nice. I enjoy it, and it just you know, I, I don't know if anybody ever sees me taking pictures of bits of rug or <laughs> curtain or, or or whatever, or like a macro close work, of, a close up of some brickwork or something like that. I don't know if anybody ever looks at me and thinks, "God, that bloke's nuts." But <laughs> but there is, you know, I am collecting, definitely collecting for that kind of you know sort of printed collage scene type output in mind. Yeah. All right, well, we've got one more image. So this is uh, another one of mine. And uh, this was shot uh, some years ago while I still had a Bronica. Um, uh -huh. And this was shot, uh, it was the, the Bronica GS1, which is a 6x7 camera. But I had the, uh, the 6x4 or 5 back on it which was kind of fun because it, it shoots then in portrait orientation. Ah, interesting. So that was, that was kind of a fun camera to use. Anyways, I will let you describe it. I, I 
terrified to describe this photograph because <laughs> it is amazing it's an amazing image and i can't possibly do it justice so i but i but i will try so um what we have here is a almost a noir style photo um black and white um uh, and lit uh with a hard light um uh and uh or at least in part it's, it's interesting actually because some of the shadows across the models figure are a, a little bit softer and nuanced but then she's wearing this big broad brimmed fedora um which is pulled down over her eyes uh and so she has some sharp shadows on her face which serve to to accentuate the the, the shape of uh, the side of her face of her, of her cheekbones and her chin and her lips and and, the, and part of her nose so it's very much a um her eyes are hidden it's very much a, a suggestion of her face rather than the detail of her face which is great um she is wearing a, a shoulderless dress or gown um at least i hope she's got clothes on because otherwise you've done it a good trick with the lighting there as well um but the and uh she's wearing uh what looks to be a very nice piece of jewelry is that one of yours uh, it's from my shop i didn't make that one though Ah, okay. So, so the, I mean, this, this, this is it. This is a, a shot that has, for me, it has. Um, uh, it, it's really interesting because you see a lot of shots um, that are advertising jewelry, and the, the the photographic style of them makes it almost like a lifestyle photo. Um, you know, people having lots of fun or something like that, boss being very glamorously dressed. This one I love because you've got that whole film noir Hollywood you know uh type um aesthetic to it but it's so so it makes it for me a much classier version of a of a product shot because it's also a really artistically lit and a very nice shot uh, of the model as well um so i i just have to say bravo to this one i think it's amazing oh, thank you <laughs> yeah um well the idea behind this one was I wanted to do some portraits where you don't see the eyes. That was kind mm -hmm. of the motivation for this because uh, so often it's all about the eyes and you want to see the person looking at you or not. And, uh, you know, eyes are the windows to the soul and all of those things. And I thought, how can you get a kind of an emotive or an interesting portrait where you don't see the eyes? And so I, I had this idea of, um, or I saw it somewhere. I'm sure I stole it from somebody. I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's no new ideas, but, um, uh, the, the inspiration was this, you know, kind of hard shadow being cast by a hat or something that, you know, obscures part of the, part of the person. And, um, it worked out nicely. She is, she's wearing a, like a, a shoulderless, um, top actually. And, and that, um, I think, I think kind of frames her nicely cause she's got the black up at the top and the black down at the bottom. So it, it kind of gives it a bit of symmetry. I think it does. Yeah, it does very much. And especially that, I mean, there's an element of lighting that I didn't mention in my, in my description, which is that the, the backdrop is mostly uh, dark, uh, but it's clearly lit by, uh, there's a circular light shape. So you've got, you know, a, another light there, which is <clears throat> softly making a soft spread across the background. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that helps her to stand out from the background because it provides separation from her silhouette 
uh, with the background, which is nicely done as well. Right? No, good, mm. good, good craft there. Thank you. So I think I think this was just the two lights, if I remember correctly. Um, I had a bare bulb, um, you know, coming from a, a fairly high angle down to cast that shadow from the hat, and then also catch her, um, you know, her shoulders and neck and that sort of thing. Um, and that was just a bare bulb speed light. And then I had the, the second one. Um, I have a little, a little grid that goes on the front of the speed light and it's got a round, a round aperture kind of, so you can, mm-hmm. you can yeah, control yeah. the angle, how big that circle is. And, um, that's a really nice way to kind of, uh, create separation between the background and the subject. Um, just by kind of adding a gradient, uh, you know, a circular gradient to the background mm. to, um, you know, lighten, lighten that up or, or have a vignette going around. And the, one of the hardest things in, in these, um, for these shots was figuring out where the shadow was falling from the hat. Mm. Um, so I, I actually taped a little flashlight to my speed light so I had a vague idea uh, of where the light. shadow was was coming. So it was, uh, you know, it was a poor man's modify, uh, not modifier, um, modeling light to uh, to kind of get some idea of where the light was coming from. That's interesting. Uh, that is, of course, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about that in a later show about um, the how to to build confidence in what your outcome mm. is going to be when you're shooting on film and yeah. you don't have the that instant feedback that you do with with digital because that in itself is is uh, a great it's a great conversation for one mm. thing but it's also uh, it's a and it's a great opportunity for people to share tips and tricks as well so that's a good one so yeah. you know if you if you want to shoot with a speed light uh then uh you know, try and find some way of of um and being able to visualize the light without taking yeah before taking the shot yeah well, I'm looking at our recording timer, and it's telling me a number that is uh, pretty high. Is it? So, oh, uh, we probably I'm, uh, should wrap up then. I think we? we should. I think we should wrap up before we go on forever. Um, but maybe, maybe we can just go through and kind of uh, each give some last thoughts uh, about this uh, meandering conversation that we've had, and um, kind of try and sum up some of the things um sure sure so, well do you know what first of all i'd say mm. uh thank you uh for having the idea to do this because i i'm enjoying this conversation and i know i'm going to enjoy the rest of them as well um for me yeah lighting is it's not everything in photography but when people talk about the the major things you think about when composing an image you know or, or composition being one of them even light, lighting is is right up at the top of that list for me so uh you know, I think uh, I'm looking forward to learning a lot through doing this mini series of podcasts and uh, I'm going to enjoy sharing my own thoughts and experiences as well. Um, uh, probably just as many of where I got it wrong as where I might have luckily got it right or through you know, sheer bloody mindedness got it right. <laughs> it's like, so, uh, yeah, um, the... Uh, to try and answer the question, the philosophical question at the top of the show, why why do we do lighting? Um, part of me just was just with a big grin on my face, say because we can, right? Um, and uh, but part of me also thinks that actually it is that's what photography is. So uh, 
th- those are my those are my closing thoughts for for good or for bad. How about you? Yeah, I would say that if um, if you're thinking about should I should I get into lighting or why bother or uh, you know or is it is it scary? Um, there's a lot of stuff you can you can get in as in depth as you want to with it or not. Um, I would I would encourage everybody to play with lighting and use it as another tool in your your arsenal, your pho- photographic toolkit um, to try and and uh, make images the way that you want them to be, whatever that might be. I think and, so. And, uh, and um, equipment is no excuse or lack of equipment no. is no barrier. Right. So um, we've shown photos today that have been done with natural light. We talked about that and you being intentional with natural light. Well, loads more on that to come in the mm-hmm. series. Uh, uh, yeah, we talked. Um, y- y- you can just start with a flashlight or a torch. Um, you can go into a darkened room. Um, with a camera in one hand, oh, not even a camera, your phone in one hand and a torch in the other hand and just play. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, just do it. no pressure, no pressure to achieve anything. Just go play. Yeah. And uh, if you get some interesting or fun results from your, your uh, playing with, with light, then please share them on the Discord or, uh, um, you know, send them to... I guess the Sunny Sixteen podcast will. will uh, yeah, so we're going soon. to. I mean, we're hoping to have a really good conversation around this series in the Sunny Sixteen Discord. Uh, so look out for that there, and there is a link to the Sunny Sixteen Discord in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also email us. I think uh, at Sunny Sixteen Present at Gmail dot com. I think is the right email address. That sounds uh, familiar. It sounds familiar, yes. Um, there may be a Graham in the loop. Um, interestingly enough, actually, um, I did get into trouble. Um, I didn't mean to throw my good friend Graham <laughs> under the bus uh, while saying that um, <laughs> uh, about the emails and how about it'd be much more preferable uh, that uh, if people could engage with us on the Discord. And Graham, if you happen to be listening to this one, I am truly sorry, my good friend. Um, you know, uh, I, I fully accept that uh it is entirely my fault um so uh <laughs> um uh so but uh yeah yeah um discord because we can all talk then and we can all talk about each other's uh experiences and share tips and and, and share images and stuff like that um and so look out for that uh, uh on a on a discord near you soon that might be called the sunny 16 discord mm-hmm. um if people want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that through the Sunny 16 Discord. Uh, right. Quite frankly, I am hopeless at social media. I technically do have social media. I couldn't even tell you, to be honest, other than Twitter, what social... Oh, no, I'm on Mastodon, but I think... No, and I know I'm there, but I, I haven't looked at it in ages or any other social media. It's just not my thing. So Discord, come and chat. All right, well, you can... Uh, I'm on the Discord as well. I'm pretty inactive, but if you want to get in touch with me, send me a message over Discord. I will look at those from time to time. I'm on Instagram as well, and I do have a website, and the links for those will be in the show notes as well. And uh, you're welcome to come and find me there. So this has been episode one, I guess we will call it, of the relaunched Lighting Lounge. And uh, thanks for doing with this with me, Aid. It's been a lot of fun. I I 
forgot often that we were actually recording something. We were just having a fun <laughs> chat, so that was nice. That's all good then. Yeah, and uh, I guess we will we will catch up with you guys in a couple of weeks. So yeah. have a great time playing with light. Thanks, everybody, and bye-bye. Bye. Bye.